0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Halloween Ends.
1: It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello.
0: and the story is as follows. Four years after her last encounter with mass killer Michael Myers, Laurie Strode is living with her granddaughter and trying to finish her memoir. Myers hasn't been seen since, and Laurie finally decides to liberate herself from rage and fear and embrace life. However, when a young man stands accused of murdering a boy that he was babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror that forces Laurie to confront the evil she can't control. The film is starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Annie Matichek, James Jude Courtney, Will Patton, Rowan Campbell, and Kyle Richards. It is written and directed by David Gordon Green, co-written by Paul Brad Logan, Chris Bernier, and Danny McBride. Here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Cody Derricks. Hiya. And Dan Baer.
2: Evil dies tonight.
0: Uh apparently evil did not die that night.
2: <laughs> <laughs> did
1: you guys catch the graffiti in this movie that says love
0: wins today? Yeah,
1: I
2: did. I did.
1: My viewing party screams.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, so many thoughts on this film, which is actually so many thoughts. something I was not prepared to say heading into this podcast review. Uh, just to recap a little bit for those that don't know. We reviewed the 2018 Halloween, the 1978 original and Halloween Kills. So we're completing this trilogy now from David Gordon Green here. And my experience with the Halloween franchise has been an interesting one because I watched many of the Halloween sequels just for fun, but I was never a quote-unquote fan. Um, I, I, I like the original perfectly fine, I recognize its place in history. I will freely admit the slasher genre is not for me, typically. In fact, I actually like movies that subvert the slasher genre more than I do the traditional slashers out there. Uh, I thought the 2018 David Gordon Green Halloween was, uh, I, w- I was more mixed on it than some others were, leaning a little bit negative on it, but I liked a lot of what it was trying to do. I absolutely despised Halloween Kills, was like one of my least favorite movies of that year. And now Halloween ends, the much anticipated finale of the saga of Laurie Strode and Michael Myers here. Oh, man, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to avoid spoilers. And I would like to talk about spoilers at the end, because I think that some of the kills and just where this story goes uh, deserves a talk within its own right. Uh, So before we get to all of that, uh, we'll start off with Cody here, who is our resident horror expert amongst us, and I know has a love for the franchise, the genre. Cody, what did you think of Halloween Ends?
1: Thank you for that stunning introduction. Uh, Yes, anybody that knows me knows that Halloween is absolutely my thing, not just the movie series, but the holiday itself. I am currently surrounded by no less than three jack-o'-lanterns, so if that's... This is, you know, proof positive of that. Uh, I am a fan of the franchise, uh, for better or for worse. You know, I think probably the only truly great film amongst all, I believe there's 14 or 13 now off the top of my head, is the original one. That's the only one that I would call, you know, truly great art. There's others that I have affection for and some that I think are downright terrible. This new David Gordon Green trilogy, I'm on record with not liking the, the first one, the 2018 Halloween, really at all. I think it's kind of just a slog. I think it's just, it, it thinks it's very smart, even though it's not, it's trying to like recapture some haunted energy from the original movie. It does not succeed, I think. And I, anybody who listened to our review last year will probably remember that I was one of the few vocal Proponents and fans of Halloween Kills, I thought it was much more uh, streamlined in its horror elements. I think it's much nastier and more brutal in the kills, which is you know, perversely enjoyable in a way. And I think the uh, message of that movie, the uh, the element of mob mentality in America and how it you know warps us all, is clunky as hell. But at least it's I think kind of straightforward and it it makes sense given the logic of the movie. Halloween Ends, I went in with not high expectations knowing, you know, the trajectory of this franchise in general. But since I did like the last one, I thought maybe it would be a return to form in that sense. I was pretty disappointed. I think this is a movie that is, sorry, really up its own ass in terms of pop psychology and a pseudo-analysis of its own characters. It also has a completely unfocused uh, center. It's Lead is not who you think it's going to be, and I don't think it succeeds in doing some sort of bait and switch that is actually interesting. It all seems kind of random. I think the screenplay is pretty bad. It's a movie, it's one of those movies where characters just kind of barf up all their feelings at once, at all times, no matter who's in front of them. And it just is really not a good time. It's kind of just a really like dumb movie. There's some fun horror elements towards the end. But by the time we got there, I was
0: I could not be convinced. OK, all righty, Dan Bear. What about you?
2: Yeah, so I am kind of the opposite of Cody in that I actually really liked the 2018 Halloween. I thought that it it was kind of dumb and how it like was very wanted to be about drama in all capital letters, but I had fun. I thought it was at least somewhat self-aware about itself and what it was trying to do. And I thought Halloween Kills <laughs> was an incredibly dumb movie that thought it was incredibly smart. And I approached ends with great apprehension <laughs> And I think that uh, it really tried to split the difference between being incredibly stupid and kind of smart and completely failed at that, more or less. I don't think it's a bad movie necessarily, although when we get to the end and I give my grade, I, I... can only see that grade eventually going down if (laughs) on the off chance I should ever choose to rewatch this I do not see it going up because I think that what good that is in there is a lot of like the element of surprise and not knowing what's going to happen but watching in the Again, and knowing what does happen, I can only imagine that I'm just going to be even more frustrated. Like, why didn't you do this instead? Why didn't you focus on this topic or this character? Or just why? Why, 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 why? I did have a more or less good time while watching it because I do think the kills are kind of fun or at least well executed. But (laughs) I do not buy at all the one sort of big narrative swing that this you kind of have to get on board with in order to think this is any good. And I thought that one thing was incredibly stupid on just about every level and also makes no sense within the context of this movie or within the context of this trilogy or within the context of this series. And, uh, yeah, it's frustrating because I do think there was something there. I think this could have been really good. I think that Jimmy Lee Curtis is <laughs> as, as good as she has always been, at least within this trilogy, but just in general, uh, it's frustrating. It's a frustrating movie, and I just, I kind of think that it's hard for anyone watching it to feel like this is anything but anticlimactic. Whether it's to this specific trilogy or this series in general with its whole Halloween ends-ness.
0: Yeah, so heading into this, I'd only seen the teaser trailer, which depicted Laurie fighting Michael. And that was all I needed. I didn't want to watch any of her trailers. I didn't pay attention to any marketing material, nothing. I was like, okay, like Halloween Kills followed 2018 the same night. I imagine that Halloween ends is going to also take place on the same day continuity wise. And it's going to like be maybe the dawn, you know, November 1st or something like that. Hence Halloween ends. Uh, I I really just went into this with this expectation of thinking this is going to be the movie of Laurie Strode versus Michael Myers. It is not that at all. (laughs) This film, as I said at the top, really subverted my expectations in a way that I am still wrestling with, because I think if this was a regular just like standalone Halloween movie, I would like it even more. But because we had these other two films of build-up towards this finale, this conclusion, as a finale, I think it fails. And yet, I admire, I admire so, so much that this movie at least tried to be something different. And it subverted those expectations, like I said. The way it goes about doing that, I think, is clunky as hell. And I still have issues with the screenwriting, which I've had complaints about across all three of these films now at this point. But I do like David Gordon Green's direction still. I I very much enjoy that 2018 felt like a spiritual successor in terms of tone and style to the 1978 original film. And then Kills was just, as Cody said, like balls to the wall, gnarly as hell, some of the most creative and brutal kills that the franchise has ever seen. And here it ditched the retro look of the last two films it feels like so much more modern and contemporary uh in terms of its cinematography in terms of how it's edited and just overall presented to the audience and then on top of that it really isn't a slasher film (laughs) i mean michael myers is an afterthought in this movie and that's Something that I I believe, oh god, what is it? Is it season of the witch? The third one. Season of the witch is the one that he's fully not in. It's its own thing. Yeah, in in a lot of ways, it reminded me very much of that one, which I saw so many years ago. At this point, but I do I do remember like him not being in the movie, and at times I felt that way about this one. So in fact, actually, I, I just like admired the ideas. I didn't like the execution. I didn't like the end result, but I did think that they had an angle with this that was interesting to explore if it were a standalone film. Like, if this was just another Halloween movie, I think I would have really dug this a lot more.
1: Matt, your theory of them lining up, of of this one lining up with
0: Halloween 3,
1: works entirely for me. I had the same thought because it even works with the other two, because 2018 Halloween really wants to recapture that, you know, haunted suburban energy of the original Halloween two and Halloween kills are both a complete elevation in terms of brutality and violence. Yeah. And number of kills and they mm-hmm. both have in hospitals and then yeah. this one is barely about Michael Myers is like Halloween three season of the witch is not about Michael Myers at all.
0: I mean, it's about the idea of Michael Myers and, you know, I, I, I can understand how the pandemic definitely influenced the writing for this one to, Ultimately, talk about like how I guess evil is an infectious disease that is spreading throughout the town, corrupting it into fear. But it almost feels like a a repeat of the themes from Halloween Kills in a way. Uh, obviously, that explored more mob mentality. We're here, everybody's like just driven to paranoia, fear, and can't really figure out how to carry on with normalcy. Very much, I think, how we all felt. Uh, you know, and still feel about the pandemic in a way. Yeah,
2: I really liked the sort of central idea about evil, you know, infecting us. And I sort of liked that, the imagery of that. I also liked the, I think this has the best single line of dialogue in any of this trilogy, which is the one about... Evil doesn't die; it just changes shape,
0: which is exemplified through the opening credits, which I really, really Mm like.
2: Yeah, and I I think my issue, like you said, like it's just it's done so clunkily, and we're not at the end yet. It's like it's way too early to talk spoilers, but like the way they went about, um, okay, literalizing that idea and that concept just did not work at all. But I'm kind of with you in that, like, I like the idea. I respect the attempt. And I do like that. The There seemed to be a lot on its mind of like, you know, the nature versus nurture of evil and like, are we just born evil or are, are we sort of the product of things that happen to us in that way? And I kind of like that it Same. came down on the side of both. And that there those are two different types of evil, but they both exist in the world. I like that. But again, like the way it went about doing it was just
0: I (laughs) no, no, I mean, like I agree because like the last 15 minutes, I genuinely felt like I was now watching a completely different movie and it almost seemed to me like the last 15 minutes were the movie that we were promised and everything else before that is something that, like I said, if this was its own standalone movie, I, I think I would have dug it so, so much. But that's not the movie that fans wanted. You, you had two preceding films that literally were setting up uh, a movie that they didn't deliver on and they only gave us like 15 minutes of. And I think that's a miscalculation on their part.
1: I'm okay with not being given what I thought I wanted as long as Mm -hmm. it's done well. Yeah. I think this is done well. I think the writing is terrible. I think the characters are shallow and ill-drawn. And, you know, you can make the argument, you can sweep it under the rug of this is a traumatized town. I'm not the first one to make this comparison, but it reminded me a lot of It and the way that Mm. dairy in that town is completely poisoned by everything that's happened there and will happen again. But it just is – it just – seemingly, like, random the way these characters talk, and it's not interesting in its randomness is not subversive or surreal it's it's just stupid and i'm sorry but the word that keeps coming to mind is like dumb and stupid which i know is not really (laughs) criticism but it's all i can think of
0: (laughs) well like the way i'll the way i'll summarize that is i like the ideas i think the ideas are smart i think the dialogue is dumb
2: yes very much so but not just the dialogue like the characters the characters do not even make sense within this own trilogies Internal logic.
0: Oh, they completely derailed Andy Matichek's, uh Allison in this movie, in my opinion, so much. Like, yeah. so many decisions that she makes throughout the course of this movie, I did not feel were keeping in line with what was presented in the previous two films at all. And same thing, too, with Lori. I was very taken aback by. The way that those two characters were presented throughout this film. And I get it, it's four years removed from kills, and a lot can change in four years. But once again, it just seems like a miscalculation on the filmmaker's part to have this time jump exist, to devote the the, the majority of your runtime to a brand new character that you're introducing here. And then on top of that, like <laughs> Sorry, like the lead performance is like not really that great in my opinion or that captivating. Like we're invested in Laurie and Allison's story. Why are we not finishing and concluding that story?
2: Yeah. And and, and on top of that, like the story I just like I'm I'm sorry. I I find it really really difficult to square this version of Laurie In this movie, at least at the start of this movie, with how she was presented in the first two movies, which is someone who just like can not get over her trauma and her past. And the Lori we see at the beginning of this movie is just like living her life. And she is she's not Lori, she's Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: She's burning pumpkin pies in the oven.
2: She's even wearing
1: a similar skirt and outfit and styled similarly to the original movie. And, you know, on one hand, I am somebody who detested the way she was depicted in the 2018 Halloween. I thought it was a total disservice to the character. I think it didn't really bring anything to the movie except for a really weird mixed message on how you should handle your trauma based on how the movie starts versus how it ends, but whatever. So in that sense, I was kind of okay with how she started this film because I was glad to see her as somebody who's moved on. But I agree, it is a little odd to have her be this, you know, this Cassandra, this town crier in the last Mm -hmm. two movies, the only one who's aware of the threat and treating it seriously. And in this one, it's quite the opposite. The town itself has not moved on at all. And she's kind of like, guys, it's okay. Like, chill out. We need to move on. I'm writing a book about it. And it, it just kind of, Really speaks to the way that this film is, you know, the way it looks at these characters in this world. I also really don't buy that everyone in the town is blaming her for Michael. That and, is yeah, really. It stretches the believability of, you know, the way that people react to tragedy to kind of just ridiculousness. And I guess it's maybe to make us feel bad for Lori, but we're kind of already bought into that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was my big problem with kills, too, is that just like the way they characterized the townspeople just to me d- did not make sense
0: no not at all <laughs> they do not behave like regular normal people no would at all
1: <laughs> well they're no. not their allegory they're their crowd as metaphor and in this one yeah. they're all supposed to k- kind of be treated as individuals you know they they all have there's a lot of individual moments where you know really thinly drawn characters will approach another character and just like I said word vomit everything about them Yeah, and think about them into their face so you're supposed to look at them as individuals but again the movie is drawing this is, is drawn in this way that depicts it as you know again an entirely poisoned town and it just doesn't really work as you know macro or micro analysis
2: yeah and I get the I, I I like that they kind of show that the Laurie that we get in the, like, very beginning scenes of this is, like, she's just trying to paper over her sadness and her trauma and her past, and she's trying to move on, and she maybe hasn't moved on as much as she is presenting. But even still, it, it didn't feel like—considering <laughs> how, like— far gone she is i guess in 2018 halloween this did not like even with the four-year time jump it, it didn't
0: she lost her daughter in the last film like yeah there's barely any mention of that like throughout this movie
1: and i guess you could say that will change a person severely so yeah that but the movie doesn't do that work and for exactly. this movie no. is not a subtle movie it's not a movie that no. is, a, is trusting in the audience to make those connections itself
0: you know, I, I said uh, before we hopped on here that I was going to have to use this podcast to like, kind of work through my feelings with this movie because despite all of these things that we're talking about here, there are still some elements in this film that I do admire and I do think work. I I think it is. I I think we can all agree at this point that the score for all three of these films has been fantastic.
1: One I think is the best one, actually. I think I really liked the moody piano that plays throughout. There's different variations on the original themes, whereas the 2018 Mm -hmm. one is kind of just the original themes, you know, revamped. This definitely has some original cues, and I, I really did appreciate the score.
2: Yeah. John Carpenter and his son and grandson or godson or whatever, like they have been they have been killing it on the music front.
0: But speaking of killing it, though, I don't think any of the kills in this movie measure up to what we saw in Halloween Kills at all. There's some at a
1: junkyard that are kind of impressive. Yeah. There's one involving
0: a radio station. That I <laughs> used Those to are follow. the two I would say are the best. Yes. The One
2: at the radio station is my favorite kill in this whole trilogy.
0: Oh is it? I think yeah. And but Oh see the fireman sequence and kills like still takes the cake for me. So
2: the thing is is that it's not even it's not the kill itself. That I love. It's like the aftermath.
0: Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Got it. The funny
1: thing about that is I, and I may rankle some, you know, I might ruffle some feathers with this, but I, I really don't think the Halloween series in general is known for its specific kills. It's not like mm. Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street in that sense. It's much more about tone and character, you know, Halloween 2 and some of the other sequels have moments, but the original, you know, it's just yeah, like one stab and you're dead. There's not much to it. Yeah which I think is its own thing. So it's funny to be like, where were the kills? But it does, you know, the movie doesn't give you much else to look for. So it's, I think, reasonable to want that.
2: And also like the kills, (laughs) it's like a lot of movie before we get to any kills.
0: Yeah, I think it's like, 40 minutes or so into the movie there are
2: kills early on
0: they're just kind of very matter of fact
1: and oftentimes sort of sad
0: well that's another thing too is that this movie is uh not at all scary like not a single jump scare ever got me in this i never felt a sense of dread fear or horror um if anything i felt like i was just watching a movie that was trying to pay a homage to the past but i feel like we've already seen that with the previous two films and yet it was some brutality. But in terms of just like trying to create, like you said, Cody, a, a certain dark atmosphere and tone that would be scary. I don't think that this movie succeeds in that area at all.
1: No way. There was nothing about this that made me feel any sort of dread. Uh, there was, you know, the violence was gleeful. It was almost like Tarantino, I guess, if you want to make the comparison. But that's not scary. You know and that's fine that's all well and good but again there's not much else there to look for
0: i mean even by the end where let's all face it i I think that each of us heading into this movie like each of us did not know where this was going to go because there's so many different directions that they possibly could take what they're calling the end of the story in so when we got to like the final sequence i was thinking to myself all right There are so many different directions that this could still go in. That was like the only point in the movie where I felt like any sense of suspense, if you will, but because the ending of the movie feels so disconnected from everything else that came prior to it, like I said, it feels like its own separate movie at a a point. I, I just was numb and I didn't really feel anything. I didn't feel any sense of catharsis. I didn't feel like any sense of dread. I didn't even get a... You know, fuck yeah, fist pump moment. Like I, I, I didn't feel anything because I think the narrative flow of this movie and its momentum is just so all over the place.
2: Uh, I'll say the the climactic sequence was a really big issue for me because the movie has spent the its entire runtime up to that point, sort of building up one main plot, and then dispatches with that. Yes. Very, very matter of factly and kind of quickly.
0: How in God's name can you do, spend all that time and then not have it factor into the finale? Like, i, I it's yeah. baffling to me. It
1: it's be. because they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. They wanted right. to present this yes. new drama, this mm-hmm. searing look into the nature of evil and how evil, where it can come from, where it can stem from. But this has to end with Lori facing Michael, obviously. So you have to include that and. To get there, you have to kind of move through another plot in a very ungraceful way. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you guys get, like, Corey, Laurie? Stop.
2: Oh, my God, no. How dare you, Cody?
0: He's a babysitter. My mom's name
2: was Martha, too. God. God.
0: (laughs) Whatever positive, at least for me. I just like the presence of Will Patton even though he was once again underutilized in this movie. I just like his screen presence and what he adds to these light scenes with Laurie even though they feel like they're just they don't belong, <laughs> you know? I mean, and also too it just didn't feel like once again like he had any bearing on the plot. Yeah. He it, it, there was an opportunity to use him, I think in the finale, they did not. So his inclusion here feels so pointless, but yet at the same time, I I just like Will Patton.
2: Yeah, I I like him in this role. I like him in this trilogy in general. like the
0: scene of him and Laurie in the supermarket.
2: It's very cute. It's very sweet. Yeah. And the character means and does nothing.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, oh, and whatever thing, too, before we get to spoilers here... Um, I, I think there'll be definitely some, I don't know, I haven't really heard many people talk about this in, in terms of whether or not it's as divisive as some other elements, but I really liked the soundtrack for this film. I was very taken aback with the radio channel rock music that opened <laughs> up over the credits. Yes. I actually thought it was a mistake at some point, and I thought I was maybe playing the wrong movie by accident. And uh, I love that the closing uh, closing credit song was "Don't Fear the Reaper," which I thought was kind of perfect. Actually, there's
1: also a fun little Muzak version of "Don't Fear the Re- Reaper" playing in the supermarket when <laughs> yeah, Paul Laurie and Will Patton
2: are hanging out. I thought that was cute. yeah, yeah, I noticed that.
0: It, 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 there are pieces here. There are certain pieces that I, I did enjoy overall, but I, I did find it odd that in the year 2022, an entire town was listening to the
1: radio. <laughs> right? Was, I don't even know. <laughs> Like I can't even make a comparison because there's nothing that everybody but, follows anymore. There's just, it just didn't really, I don't know. It was an odd, it felt like they were like, we want to include this radio station, this voice of God that's commanding all the people and telling them what to think. Will it make sense in this year? No, but it's what we want.
2: I was going to say, like, they're listening to the radio like it's 1999.
0: <sighs> yeah. All right. Spoiler section. Sure. Spoiler section. Spoiler section. Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's take a walk. <laughs> Five seconds later. I killed someone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've all been there, ladies. Relatable.
0: <laughs> if that was not the funniest line of dialogue in the entire movie, I don't know what was.
2: <laughs> I And her reaction to it is just like, yeah, but it's so stupid. I killed someone like,
0: yeah, I
2: know it's your
0: whole. I think that's what she thinks he's yeah. admitting to in that scene. Yeah. All right. So anyway, context here. <laughs> Corey's babysitting this little shit Jeremy on Halloween 2019, <laughs> a year after the Myers killings. And Jeremy, like I said, is being like a little shit for absolutely no reason. Locks him in the attic. Jeremy, uh, no, uh, Corey kicks open the door. Jeremy falls off the balcony to his death in front of his mother, who for some reason was giving me Kirsten Dunn's vibes. Anyway, it, it was a very interesting opening to the film and one that I actually kind of liked. Yeah. Um, but then we keep following Corey post this incident which he has avoided uh there being any charges placed against him uh but he's kind of like looked at now as like you know wearing like the scarlet letter you know a- across the town like nobody wants anything to do with him he's antisocial. he doesn't go out uh because he doesn't want to face the wrath of the town it- it's so weird too because i feel like the script and the way that he's portrayed Almost makes it seem like he should be younger. Like he's I think they say he's 21, I think in this movie. Yeah. He looks like a fucking 35-year-old man. (laughs) It's so (laughs) weird to see this guy who looks like a man act so weak and insecure and just emotionally fragile. And I'm sorry, but like the performance that was being given here, as I mentioned earlier, just was not for me captivating as captivating as the ideas behind what was being presented here in terms of what kind of a character arc uh, he was going on.
2: Yeah, I really like that opening sequence. I think that it's really well directed and was not expecting for that to become the center of this movie's story. Um, which, like, love that the one consistent thing about the David Gordon Green trilogy is um, retconning things into previous movies. (laughs) That's a lot of fun. That's certainly one way to do it. I just... It's so dumb. It's so dumb, and it seems like like it's yet another movie that kind of wants to be about cancel culture, but has no clue how to make what it wants to say about that work in any way that resembles
0: the real world. Oh, I I think that the themes that we were mentioning before about like the pandemic for example, I think that works a lot better here than Yeah. Even the Bob mentality in kills. I I think I I think the themes that this movie is playing with are actually stronger and more effective in in practice. Uh, but the overall execution is still just as clunky as anything that we've seen in the previous two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Corey, I, I I don't know how this still ends up happening because once again, I think the writing for Allison in this film is atrocious. But somehow, some way, Corey and Allison end up like together, and I never bought into this central romance whatsoever. As much as I did not buy in the fact that uh the the, the the cop was, like, her ex-boyfriend, I was like, you two dated? Really? No. Like, that can't be. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: That was talking about, like, someone looking, like, way too old slash way too young. Yeah. The cop was, like, easily in his 40s, and Andy's, she has to be, like, late 20s. I That was very, that was a bit jarring. I don't think that worked the way that he intended it to i I bought her connection to Corey, given what they were trying to do with the town and the Strode women. But I never bought that she would actually like fall in love with this guy. it It, it was very, very weird. And again, it just feels like Corey is sort of a theme as opposed to a character.
0: I wish they would have done something more, though, with this theme. Like, to me, I don't want to, like, place words in the mouth of, like, the screenwriters or anything like that. So I'm not going to say, like, oh, here's an idea I have, and I think that this is better. But I do think that him eventually either turning into a new Michael Myers, helping Michael Myers, and... I just feel like it was a very interesting concept that still was left open to further exploration. Like, there was still a lot more they could have done with this.
1: Okay. The, the thing about bringing this char- new character in and having him essentially be the actual killer, not the big baddie that you think it's going to be, is not a new one for Slasher movies. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Brian 13th Part 5 does this exact thing. Jason is fully not in that movie. And. I just don't think it works, unfortunately. And again, I'm okay with a subversion of expectation. I actually usually think that's interesting. You've done well. But this just feels yeah. kind of, I don't know. It just, it, it seemingly comes out of nowhere. This kid who is given a sympathetic, you know, light in the movie's eye, then kind of just becomes another killer. It—it it, because he looks into Michael's eyes. I don't know.
2: It just, it's just, it not. <laughs>
1: I, I don't want to be one of the people who is like, logically, that doesn't make sense, because I think that's a boring way to critique movies. But within its own logic, within the way it's, yes. sort of its own characters, it does not follow.
2: Okay, that the whole thing with him looking into Michael's eyes, look, <laughs> it in no movie in this franchise has Michael Myers ever let someone live. If you if you want to do something like that where he is able to look into this kid's eyes and say, ah, yes, you shall be the Robin to my Batman.
0: Like, like where did the superpower come from? How come we've never heard of it before?
2: That's such a huge leap to make yeah. that you have to set it up somehow. If not in this movie, then in the other – like you had two other movies to set up this happening.
0: <laughs> I think that if they had just ditched that completely and had – these these interactions with the townspeople and carefully crafted dialogue they could have conveyed a true psychological torment that eventually leads into just this transformation for him and i probably would have bought that a lot more just from a real world standpoint rather than whatever the fuck this interaction in the sewers was because all of a sudden now he's killing random hobos you know and it's like i i I, I, I was like, just, I wasn't buying it. I wasn't sold on it. No. Yeah. And,
1: you know, this wouldn't be the first Halloween movie to imbue Michael with some sort of supernatural power. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want to send a chill up any Halloween fan's spine, just say Curse of Thorn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the thing
1: is, though, this movie, like you said, Matt, it does not work in the world of the movie at all. And I'm not even sure if it's supposed to be supernatural or some sort of like imprinting or some sort of psychological break in Corey. Because the weird thing is, you know, they have this, like, psychological connection. And Michael, at the same time, is the weakest he's ever been. You know, it's yeah. very clear he's an old man. He keeps falling down. Which, on, on one hand, I appreciate. Because there is a kind of, you know, <laughs> ridiculousness to this AARP member running around town. And, like, people with no problem. Um, but it, it does not work together. The blend of, you know powerful brain versus weak body I think is not well sewn.
0: Also, too, I, I don't know if you all know this, but like the scenes where Corey is wearing the Michael Myers like mask. It's clearly not Corey like in the outfit. They're still using um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh Nick Castle. Uh, Are they? I don't I didn't get that. Well, I don't know. I think it was just because like the way that uh, Corey's hair is I was like, oh, it looks too curly for it to be like Michael Byers and some, you know, and then I thought, oh, maybe it's not. I just kept wondering, like, oh, is that really Corey or is that the original shape?
2: I mean, I think you're definitely supposed to think that Mm -hmm. because I think they definitely are playing with the like, oh, who's the real killer bit. Yeah. But um, it was also just like incredibly clear to me almost every time when it was Corey and when it was michael
0: i mean because Corey is a lot shorter than michael too let's
2: let's (laughs) and not as strong yeah although i did like that little little element where he's like trying to (laughs) like trying to kill the people and like no no dude
0: stop oh (laughs) like he's clearly not as good at this as michael is (laughs) yeah 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 just overall i'm I'm so incredibly mixed on Corey's inclusion in the story, the trajectory of the character, and then how they dispatch with him at the end, too is something that I I just like kept saying to myself, we spent so much time here, and he's completely disregarded and has no impact on the f- outcome of this movie when don't you all think that, The perfect, like, uh, um, once again, I don't want to, like, suggest, oh, here's a better idea here. But, like, don't you all think that the way that this probably should have gone by conventional, like, horror standards is lori deals with michael but Corey is now the one that's somewhere out there
2: yeah and i was so glad that they didn't do that honestly like because that just would have felt incredibly cheap like oh you're ending but you're not really ending i uh i see what you did there
0: well well, what do you think of the final shot then with the mask still being kept by lori in the house (laughs) is it a memento
2: i maybe had a different interpretation of that than you did (laughs) um
0: okay well what's that
2: Well, so that was sort of me like it was sort of hinting at like what the movie was trying to get at in the trying to get at in the earlier scenes with Laurie. Like, yeah, okay she can move. She's moving on, quote unquote, with her life. But this is still always going to kind of be there in the back of her mind, ready to like trip her up any moment. That's how trauma works. Exactly. Exactly. It's this big, big dumb trauma metaphor and it it kind of works but they kind of like underline it in big bold un- strokes and you know that that's fine that's fine
0: well what do you think cody
2: <laughs>
1: i i think like everything else in this movie is trying to make some sort of statement but failing mm-hmm. i think it's yeah. trying to say you know well she can't leave this part of her behind but blah 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 i, I just I also took it to be... Because there's a time jump at the end, if I recall correctly. Yeah. I was kind of checked out at this point. Um, So I kind (laughs) of took this shot of the mask on the table to be kind of a jump back to the immediate moment after they bring his body off the table. I didn't think it was something that was like sitting on their counter rotting away for years like a Mm -hmm. red banana. But still, I think it's, you know, trying to say something about evil lingering, it changes shape, blah, blah, blah. Um, Again, the shallow pop psychology and pseudo-index of this movie knows no ends and knows (laughs) no ends of tiring me out.
0: There is one theme that I actually do like though that the movie does present, which is that in the absence of Michael Myers, the town needs a new boogeyman like they need someone to point the finger at to be petrified by to blame exactly that was something that i thought once again there are some ideas in this that i really am gravitating towards and i like that they're exploring but it doesn't explore it in a sufficient enough way to actually make a substantial emotional impact exactly that um i also thought the drama between laurie and Corey. oh god i hate saying their names in succession (laughs) like that um (laughs) I found it to be very melodramatic, like the scenes where Laurie was confronting uh, him about being with Allison or Allison being with him. I was like, "What? when did Halloween suddenly become like this melodrama about relationships? It just seems so out of place. I
2: mean, in 2018 is when that happened.
0: Okay, fair enough. But
2: (laughs) but that scene with, with the two of them in the house where... Uh, Corey killed the kid. I literally, the way it ended, I'm like, wait, was that supposed to all be taking place in his mind? Mm-hmm. Like, really, you're pulling that? Shit? Like, oh my god! And then when it was, then it was implied that no, yeah, she really did do that. And I'm like, again, like this characterization of. Lori in the script just keeps bouncing back and forth all over the place as to what it wants to be. And I feel bad because Jamie Lee Curtis is like really
0: good. Oh, in the moment where Allison walks in and she sees or thinks that Lori has killed Corey. Yeah. Uh, Like I love Jamie Lee Curtis in that moment because she's playing it very well in terms of how Allison sees her. And also, I think reflecting on how the townspeople. You know, see her, and there's a lot of emotions that Jamie Lee Curtis is processing in that moment that I really, really enjoyed there. But it just gets undercut then by the real Michael then showing up, and once again, it just feels like okay, we have to do this because this is what we promised everyone, and it just feels like the filmmakers didn't want to make that movie; they wanted to make this other movie. (laughs) Right? It felt it was
1: an obligation, which is never what
0: you want (laughs) from
1: your screenplay.
0: No, not at all. Um, But the idea of like also Lori doing this like Fox suicide attempt at that point, I was like, Oh fuck off. I I was like beside myself that Lori as a character would even be going there. Uh, That when it was revealed, like, Oh, this was like just a way for me to like lure you when you think I would actually kill myself, motherfucker or whatever. (laughs) But then I was like, wait a minute, but how did she know then that that would bring him in? I thought that was so weird.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And like, again, like, you know, it's a horror movie so lot logic who needs logic I do <laughs> but, but like you have there has to be some some there has to be some acknowledgement somehow that she like <laughs> that she senses something or notices something before she goes and does that but they couldn't do it because they it's it, it's like bald face manipulation of the audience to believe that this is actually happening, that she is actually doing this, and they want it to be a gotcha moment and go off, I guess.
0: What'd you guys think of the eventual Lori Michael one-on-one fight? Because at first I was a little I was a little pissed at first that Lori seemed to defeat Michael one-on-one, which I'm like, okay, no one's ever like successfully done this but then i thought about what cody was saying which is well he is an old man (laughs) and then i also thought to myself you know what they actually gave him a little bit because even though she had him pinned down he still broke free and was still strangling her until allison showed up and broke his arm so she did need help so like in a way it was like they I i think were trying to give them both points if you will and not to say like oh one would have single-handedly beat beat the other. Like they, they like they, in order for one to win, the other would have needed help. Like he would have needed Corey, she would have needed Allison, et cetera, et cetera. You know.
2: So remember at the beginning of this when I said that I, I can't believe that anyone would find this anything other than anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. It's because of how Lori kills Michael. Just like her slowly running that knife across his neck and then slowly running that knife across his
0: wrist. I'm like, like, really? But, but the trash compactor. The trash was... compactor
2: is, is good.
0: Yeah. I thought that was satisfying. The yes. The compactor is good, but. The townspeople also saying, this isn't how we do things. And then the guy going, it is tonight. I... <laughs>
2: All the cops being like, no, like, you don't do this. And the, the chief of police being like, no, this is a special exception. They like,
0: literally crowd surf Michael over to it. I was like, I'm loving this. I'm loving that the town is actually in on let's fucking destroy his body. That I liked that moment a lot more than, yeah, the kitchen stuff with Lori and the slow, like... <sighs> It, it it was weird to me because didn't you all feel like deep down no matter if you slice this guy's throat no matter if you slice his wrist no matter if you cut off his head like he's still going to keep coming so why right. is she like drawing this out i
1: i think it was supposed to be some sort of grand finale obviously the weird thing is that it's you know the most gentle of the kills in almost yeah. the franchise it's almost benevolent it's almost like ritualistic which I saying that out loud, I can kind of appreciate
0: it. Yeah, and then the, like they're holding hands too. Uh, I mean, I did like you know because of the wrist slitting. There was a part of me that I was like, "Oh, the pumpkin in the credits slicing open." And I was like, "Okay," <laughs> you know, like I don't know. Like I I did like that. That kind of played in, I suppose, but at the same time, it did feel like this is not how you kill Michael Myers. Yeah, no way. But then when they, like I said, when they got to the uh, scrap yard, I was like, that's how you kill Michael Myers. <laughs>
2: yeah, that was good. I liked that. And like that part I did feel was kind of like kind of earned. Mm-hmm. Um, although like <laughs> you're going to go through all this trouble throughout these three movies of putting in Kyle Richards character and then she doesn't show up for that. no. Like, I and was she I just not available on that day? Like, I don't understand.
0: She shows up at like at the bar one scene. Right. And that's like
2: yeah. it. And suddenly she's like really into tarot when she has not been in any of the other movies. Like, OK, go off, I guess. Like, that's all mm-hmm. the time Bravo would allow her to have. Off. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man. All right. Final thoughts. I think we're there. tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors charles dickens jules verne f scott fitzgerald and more subscribe to novel conversations wherever you listen to podcasts uh, so cody any final straight thoughts anything we didn't mention do you want to bring up about halloween ends
1: since we're in the spoiler section still, I thought it was quite odd. I might be wrong in misremembering this, but I don't think Michael has a single solo kill on his own. He has. All the kills are either Corey, and then he breaks Corey's neck after Corey stabbed himself, and there's the Allison's ex, the cop, that Corey brings down to the sewers, and they kind of kill him together. I, I might be wrong, but otherwise... It's all Corey and the little...
2: girl. The girl. The girl. Which girl? I need more. Uh, Allison's coworker, the nurse. Oh, and, and the doctor. Was that yeah. just
1: Michael? Because they.
2: No, oh, the you're doctor right. is you're just. Right. you right. right. You're right. You're right. You're
1: right. Okay. Yeah, the doctor well, is
2: Corey, but the girl is just Michael. It's
1: just, okay, got it. It's just odd. Still, it's just kind yeah. of again. It speaks to the film's lack of focus on michael which i keep saying like could have been fine that's not a bad thing in a vacuum but i think it's poorly executed like so much in this movie
0: but this kind of speaks to something that i felt after i saw halloween kills which was wow this was so brutal so gnarly in terms of the kills i was like thinking to myself where do they go from here with halloween ends and the answer turned out to be, well, we're not going to do anything more than that. In fact, we're going to go literally in the opposite direction, which I don't think any of us were expecting for a finale for this.
1: No, it's just I think some filmmakers and I think that David Gordon Green clearly mm-hmm. is a filmmaker, revel in subverting expectations and call that dramatic stakes when that's not the case. yeah. yeah. I think this movie is pretty clear as to why that doesn't work on its own.
0: All right. Anything else?
1: Just kind of a bummer. I mean, like, I didn't go in with, like, high expectations because, you know, this this mini branch of the Halloween series has been up and down. The series as a whole has been up and down. But I was hoping for at least some, you know, autumnal vibes, some good Michael action, some good Jimmy Lee, some good music. And I got some of that.
0: All right. Dan Bear, what about you?
2: Um, so... <laughs> The tongue on the record player is fucking great. (laughs) I really, really loved that. I think there is a way to do Michael killing Corey that works, but this way made no sense. It's like you have, you know, sort of taking him under your wing basically you know you you let him live when you could have killed him and you have killed some people together and now when you see him like bleeding out on the floor you snap his neck like why why like why why since he's already clearly dying like is it is that like a compassionate thing? Are you putting him out of his misery? Like, are you mad at him because he was going after Lori and like that's your kill? I very frustrating. And like it could have been done so easily if they didn't have that whole like connection between them and then he just shows up and like, fuck you, Corey. But this way just it it didn't it didn't work at all and that made me upset <laughs> because like cody i do think like i think that there is something interesting in that idea and it doesn't it is not outright bad it's not a bad idea but the way they went about doing it just it feels like they fumbled almost every step of that and i feel bad because like ultimately i don't think it's a bad movie but it's very underwhelming and coming as like the big finality i mean you're naming it ends
0: (sighs) do you guys think that there's a possibility that this movie might get a reappraisal in the future
2: well
1: horror fans are an interesting bunch in that (laughs) nothing is ever dead you know (laughs) There's always somebody who's a fan of something. There's always somebody who's a detractor or something. That's just the way it works. So I absolutely mm-hmm. do think, and I do think this is getting a pretty mixed reception. I've seen, yeah,
0: not, I've most, seen some people that love it. Yeah. Yes.
1: I think the general sense is that this is not a good movie, but I've seen some people stick up for it, which has been the case for all three of these installments. That's kind of been the reaction for all of them. The yeah. first one definitely got more universal appraisal, but mm. still had its detractors, myself included. I do think this could become something that people are like oh it's not so bad it explores this explores that if you compare it to other lesser entries in the franchise I get that
0: like it almost feels like it's like the last Jedi of this franchise where people are going to just like vigorously debate it for all eternity you know.
1: I I don't know if it will have – I kind of think the fact that it's like a whimper of an ending for this trilogy maybe puts the whole thing to like pop culture bed. I mean like there's – again, there's always going to be fans of it. Horror never dies. But I don't (laughs) see myself returning to this franchise ever Mm -hmm. really possibly unless I decide to do some sort of weird triple feature against my best uh, intentions.
0: Write a book, Cody.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, some sort of like Sex and the City adjacent <laughs> memoir, like Jamie Lee Curtis is
2: doing. <laughs> some sort of combination of memoir slash pop psychology piece.
1: Yeah, that book also sounded bad, girl. Hey, true
0: crime novels are uh, super popular. I'm yeah, just saying. It was
1: not a good novel, though. For, like, <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> and the way she kept like editing it on the fly, I'm like, that's bad too. That's bad too. That's bad too. <laughs> like, girl,
2: you're not a writer. No.
0: <laughs> I did like the recap. Uh, from Laurie, you know, spliced with the clips, and I did like that they did that again towards the end. I mean, like, did it work? Not really. By the time I got to the end of the movie, I didn't care. But in the beginning, I was like, oh, I love that they're gonna, you know, really tie back to the previous films and really make this a conclusion. Like, I, I just had so much hope in the beginning of this film, especially because of the tone it was taking. And the way it was shot, and the way it was edited, and just being presented, I was like, okay, I am more on board with this early on than I had been with the previous two films. And I don't know if it's fair to say this necessarily. You guys can tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. But I think that if you loved Halloween Kills, you'll probably hate this movie. And if you hated Halloween Kills, I think you stand a better chance to like this movie because it is so radically different.
1: It's definitely closer in tone yeah. to the original. Or not the original. It's the like first Marvel one. Movies. Yes. The <laughs> Halloween that's not the, the, not the original. Not the, the remake. Di- the one that's a sequel to the original that has the same name. 20, 20, right. Halloween. The
2: David Gordon Green Halloween. Right. But it's. Yeah. I
1: think it's closer in tone to that one. And, you know, I'm mm. on my lonely island with very few friends who thought Halloween Kills was the high point of this trilogy and therefore I did not like the other two and I think most people are going to have the inverse reaction if they even like this one they might not like this one even if they like the first one
0: yeah any other thoughts or no (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, my only other thoughts I have here oh I just really hated this line of dialogue so I want to mention it here just burn it all to the ground I'll light the match oh god Oh, huge cringe.
2: Oh, oh, my God. And they for, for them to actually pull the if I can't have her, no one. Will. Oh. Like, oh, come
0: on. How many times have I heard that? <laughs> but seriously, though, the townspeople say this isn't how we do things. It is tonight kind of made up for everything <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Like Cody said, disc jockey kill. Great. Loved it. Corey almost getting hit by cars all the time was interesting. I don't know where they were going with that. Yeah. But it happened like two or three times, right? He's really a fan of ledges, whether it's pushing.
2: That happens like three or four times. Also, like implied that the the big bullies are like musical theater and or band geeks.
1: They're band geeks. Was, <laughs> are, my... What year is this <laughs> movie taking place in? My viewing party was distracting ourselves by deciding
0: who played what instrument. And also too, the guy is literally supposed to be twenty-one years old. Who's bullying at twenty-one like that?
2: No, well, no, he's twenty-one in the opening scene.
0: That makes it even worse. (laughs) So
2: he's like 25, (laughs) which like, yeah, it doesn't make sense.
0: It does not make any sense. Stupid. You know what? Even just talking through all this, I, 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 I'll tell you this. My, my grade initially was a five because I walked into this movie like so mixed. I didn't know like where to go with it. Uh, I'm giving this a four out of 10 at this point. There are still some elements to it that I like. I actually, this is going to sound very bizarre. I actually think it might be my favorite of the three David Gordon Green directed films. Whoa. But just because, once again, I don't typically like slasher films. I like slasher films when they aren't slasher films. And for parts of this movie, it was exactly that. But at the same time... I don't know. I, I and I'll tell you this: like I don't want to go back and rewatch all three of these movies to make a definitive statement on this. I've only seen each one of them once, but I would say Kills is still my least favorite. <sighs> so it's between this and the 2018 one. So I don't know. Maybe they're both tied for me. But overall, neither one of these three films ended up in the positive territory for me when all was said and done, and that makes me very, very, very fearful. For what David Gordon Green is going to do with The Exorcist. Because that is my favorite horror movie of all time. And one of my top ten favorite movies ever. So. Oh my god. I'm petrified of that. More than I am of anything in these three movies. So. Oh, Cody what about you? What's your grade out of ten?
1: I'm at a five out of ten. Uh, which does place it at the lowest of this trilogy. Not by a ton. But still. Um, I still kind of enjoyed my time watching it as many critiques as i have and i'm sorry i'm gonna have a little bit of a bias towards horror in general but this is not a good movie this is not a good halloween movie
0: dan bear
2: yeah so coming out of the theater i was at a six and i think part of that is because like i had a good time in the theater watching it but the more i have thought about it and talked about it since then it just keeps kind of sinking a a little bit so i think ultimately i'm at a
0: five out of ten all right no oscar potential no remember when halloween kills premiered at venice and some people were like best supporting actress jamie lee curtis (laughs) i'm just saying that. like I, i i just find Listen, we all wanted to like these movies. I I think deep down, we all wanted these movies to work. And I still think there are some elements of the three of them that do work. There is like a very uh, just sick part of me that does wonder, okay, is there ever going to be a day maybe on Halloween one year where I decide to sit down and binge watch all three of these like in succession? And I wonder like how they would all play in terms of just the trajectory of Allison, Lori, Michael, like their stories across all three of these. If they
2: had gone with the original concept for the trilogy, which was that they all take place on the same
0: night. Which they should have done.
2: Yeah, I think that would have been really cool. Yes. At at the very least, it would have been thematically interesting to have them all take place on one night and see what they can do with that. It probably would have meant that watching them back-to-back made it even worse because given the uneven handling of character and theme and tone that the movies have had in general, I don't know that I trust that it would have held together exactly, but that at least would have provided more momentum, I think, to this and certainly would have made it, I imagine it would have made this movie a more coherent experience than it ended up being but um
0: yeah. who knows Cody do you have any like definitive uh take do you want to take us out on
1: um not really i'm just kind of in a like sour mood <laughs> talking <laughs> about this movie made me a little bit bummed out uh, i do love this franchise still and i do hope that you know this is not obviously the last halloween film we're ever going to get so i do hope that whatever they do with it in the future can bring a bit more of some sort of semblance of energy that i find enjoyable to it but i'm you know history is not on my side in that wish
2: yeah i do think that like as long as john carpenter's original halloween exists i can't see any reason why i would ever want to revisit any of these again
0: all right there you go evil has officially died today (laughs) cody derrick's where can they find you on the internet
1: I'm on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram at CodyMonster91. And if you like me talking about horror movies, I have my own little horror movie podcast called Halloweeners. You can find us wherever you listen to horror movies. Or podcasts. <laughs> <What the? laughs>
0: podcasts? Yes, like. horror movies plug Cody's podcast on the regular. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> <And pride. laughs> Dan Baer, where can they find you? On the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Dance and on film. And you can find me in Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Halloween ends here on the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us.